Gospel of John, chapter number 16. Again, it's good to see you in the house of God, and I trust the Lord will help us together. And uh, I've been praying this week, the Lord's been dealing with my heart uh, about a subject in the Word of God, and I'm going to try to uh, deal with it tonight. And uh, it's going to be a little different for me, I'm just going to trust the Lord that He'll help me, and I know that He will, and uh, that He'll help us together. And uh, I, there's a lot to cover, and I don't, I'm not a, I'm not casting any stones or um, saying anything negative about those who are, uh, but I, I never have been a series preacher. Uh, the Lord's never dealt with my heart in that manner. Uh, not that I can remember anyway, and I'm not saying tonight that I'm going to begin a series, but I don't know uh, that I can cover everything uh, that's on my heart tonight. I don't. Uh, we're just going to trust the Lord. I'm just going to wait out and uh, trust that He will help us tonight. And I want you to pray for me that the Lord will help me. And uh, I'm probably going to stay with my Bible a lot, and uh, probably going to have to run some references. I can't. Remember all the scriptures that are on my heart, uh, but I'm going to trust that the Lord will do what He wants done, and that maybe it'll be a help to you. I really feel in my heart that the Lord uh, wants us to deal with this tonight. So in the Gospel of John chapter 16, if you found your place and you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together for just a few moments out of reverence unto the reading of the Word of God. The Gospel of John chapter 16, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, if you have a red letter Bible, you'll notice that these words are in red. The Lord here is speaking. The Bible said, These things have I spoken unto you, <coughs> that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. These things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. These things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way unto him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach tonight, if God will help me for just a little while, on the Holy Ghost. I, I felt real strongly in me this week to deal with the Holy Ghost. Here in uh, these verses, not only these verses, but 
John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus deals more with the Holy Ghost than any other subject in the last few days with His disciples. He speaks to them more about the Holy Ghost than He does about anything else. He tells them in John 14, we all know that scripture, let not your heart be troubled. And they were troubled. And the reason that they were is He had revealed to them that He was going away. They didn't understand why that He used this language that He was leaving. Matter of fact, here in this scripture toward the end, he said, a little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see me. And they didn't understand that. They began to question, how can this be possible? And they were afraid, not only afraid, but they were sorrowful because the Lord was going away. He mentions it and recognizes it more than once in their life. In John 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. The reason that it was troubled is because they could not understand after three and a half years why he was going away. And now again he spoke to them and he said, I've said these things to you and sorrow hath filled your heart because I am going away because you don't understand what is meant by the fact that I must go away. As a matter of fact, he went on to say it is expedient for you. It's not just that I want to or that it's necessary, but he says it is beneficial for you. It is of more benefit to you if I go away than if I stay. And they were wanting him to stay. They debated and they argued with him on more than one occasion about why he was going away or why that he had to go or what was going to be the effect or what they were going to do while he was gone. He said, it's not just necessary. It's not just something I need to do or I have to do. He said, it is for your benefit if I go away. That's what the word expedient means. It is to your good for me to go away. For he said, if I do not go away, the comforter will not come. But he said, if I do, I will send him unto you. And he said, he will abide with you. He will dwell with you. He will guide you and teach you and instruct you all things whatsoever I have said unto you. He said, he will not speak of himself, but he will testify of me and he will go me. Whatever I tell him to tell you, that's what he's going to say. He'll not talk ever about himself, but he will always speak of me and the things of me and he will help you and aid you and in doing so will bring glory unto me and he said, I'm a going, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send him unto you. And we know that happened in the book of Acts. The Lord rises from the dead, spends 40 days with the disciples and the others and shows himself alive by many infallible proofs. And then he's received up into heaven. And we talked about it a little bit Sunday night and they stand there gazing. He had already given them commandment to tear Jerusalem until he be endued with power from on high. But they watched him go away. They didn't understand, even though he had talked with them and reasoned with them about going away. They were awestruck as he went away. And those men in white apparel said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing? Why are you standing here? He told you to go to Jerusalem, dwell there, tarry there, wait till you be endued with power from on high. And on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection, 10 days after the ascension of Christ, the Holy Ghost does come in mighty power like unto a mighty rushing wind. Cold and tongues of fire abide on them. They begin to preach in other languages. They do not. It is nowhere in the scripture did they ever speak in an unknown tongue. They preached and the Holy Ghost gave them utterance and all them that were there heard in their own language and understood the preaching of the gospel. 
And there's a witness to it because they said, how is it that these men being Galileans speak and we all hear it in our own language. We're a mead. One on this side says, I'm a mead. And I hear in my language. One over here says, I'm an Elamite. And I'm hearing in my language. Over yonder stands a Parthian and he's hearing in his language. They all heard and they all understood and they all were pricked in their heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's right. And the Lord got to really deal with my heart and I, it's a little bit different for me and a little bit fearful for me, which it's always fearful to stand behind this desk, but it's a bit fearful for me for one or two reasons. Number one, because this is such a, an important subject. And number two, because the scriptures say so much about the Holy Ghost, but I'm going to say that He is the most overlooked, the most underestimated, the most unknown person of the Godhead is the God of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord just put it on my heart and I'm just going to preach how He put it on me and trust that the Lord will help us and we'll try to get through it. But whatever the Lord wants us to get through tonight, we get through it all fine. And if we don't, fine. But He put three things on my heart. Number one, I want to say there's a problem concerning the Holy Ghost. There's a problem. And there are many problems, but they all fall under the same category. That's the way the Lord spoke to me, and it's ignorance. We have a problem of ignorance concerning the Holy Ghost. I believe that's right. Now, ignorance doesn't mean you're stupid. Ignorant doesn't mean you're foolish. Ignorant means you're unacquainted or you're unskillful, or you're unlearned. It was mentioned in Sunday school Sunday morning. And we got people who are genuinely saved, but they are unlearned. They have never been taught biblically about who the Holy Ghost really is. And they're ignorant of Him. And I believe it would, I know it would be so much better in our Christian experience if the people of God who are generally saved by the grace of God and are indwelt by this person understood who He is according to the Scriptures. I believe that's right. There's ignorance about it. And the reason everything that is wrong in our church, I believe this with all that's within me, everything that's wrong in our churches in this modern day stems from the result of an ignorance about the Holy Ghost. That's right. This ignorance has caused him to be forgotten. He's overlooked. He's considered as less than a part of the Godhead. We're afraid. That's where the ignorance comes in. We're afraid as bad and all. I'm not preaching on denominations and the denomination don't save you, but we've become afraid in our modern day Baptist churches to talk about the Holy Ghost, afraid somebody is going to accuse us of being a holiness or a Pentecostal. But I'm telling you what, it is a, He is as much a part of the Godhead as God the Father and God the Son. And we'll see if the Lord allows us to do so. He has the same characteristics because he is part of the Godhead. He's as holy as God the Father and as holy as God the Son. He has the omnipotence they do. He's omnipresent with everyone all at the same time indwelling all the believers at the same time. He is omniscient, knows all things just as God the Father does. And you, one writer said you can't love somebody right until you really know them. And I'm going to tell you, we got two Christians, people of God who are generally saved, but they don't even know how to love the Holy Ghost right because they've never been preached to and taught right concerning who He is. And we're ignorant. We're ignorant of the Holy Ghost. We're afraid of what somebody might think about us if we major on the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't have it, you don't have anything. He's the power. He's the thrust. The Lord didn't say go out and, and I'm not knocking it. God didn't, the Lord didn't tell them, Peter and James and John and all the apostles, to go to some seminary and get an education and then go preach the gospel. It wouldn't have done them any good. He didn't tell them to go pass out tracts. He didn't tell them to make soul winning visitation. I'm not against going out and telling people, but I'm telling you what, He said you're going to have to have some power. 
And so because we're ignorant of the Holy Ghost, He's forgotten. He's overlooked. He's never dealt with. And I'm not glorifying me tonight by any way, shape, or form. Not at all. You know me better than that. And the reason I'm preaching what I'm preaching tonight is because the Lord has been dealing my heart strongly about it. But when's the last time you sat in a Baptist church and heard a preacher preach on nothing but the Holy Ghost? That's right. It's because he's been forgotten. He's overlooked. But he's as much a part of the Trinity, of the Godhead, forgetting Him, overlooking Him is, as much, is equal to overlooking God the Father. It's as equal as overlooking Jesus Christ. Because He's that important. He is as much a part of it as any of the rest. That's right. It is right. It is right. Thank God. It's not that they are, somebody said it's not. That they're one, that they're three and one, meaning that, that it's not three. It, they're one and three. They're all the same. That is right. It's manifested in different ways. And so we need the Holy Ghost. And the problem with our ignorance is that He's been forgotten. The problem with ignorance in our fundamental Baptist churches is that He's been forsaken. The Bible said in the last days they would deny the power. They would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. And Paul didn't say rub elbows with them, tolerate them, do the best. He said turn away. If they're going to forsake the Holy Ghost and put something else in His place, He said don't even fellowship with them. Don't have anything to do with them. It's dangerous. It's heresy. It's blasphemy. Put anything equal with the Holy Ghost. But we're in that day. We're in the day where they want to put men as equal with the Holy Ghost. We're in the day where they want to put ministries as equal with the Holy Ghost or motives or methods or whatever you want to put there. This modern day working, uh, they claim that they can do it without the Holy Ghost and they don't. You better major on Him. If you don't have Him, you don't have anything. That's right. Yes, sir. It is right. Yeah. And He's been forsaken. Some have found, they've claimed to have found another one. There is no other. There's not another. There's no one else that can do what he does. But one old preacher, I think Brother Hannah Miller said, he's the one that adds the thrust out of the service. He puts the off in the service. And if you don't have him, you can't replace him with anything else. There's no substitute for him. Oh, modern day religion is tried. They have a lot of gains in getting, they know they're missing something. Now I'm going to stand up here and preach the truth to you tonight. The reality is many of them don't even know what they're missing. Many people that are ten, and I'm just preaching tonight how the Lord said. Many people in our day, they, they join up with, they've never been saved. They don't know anything about being indwelt by the Holy Ghost, let alone anything about Him at all. And they have no relationship with Him, and they go to a church that doesn't major on Him, and that doesn't talk about Him, that doesn't worship with, you can't even worship without the whole, oh, but they say in these modern day churches, and I'm not blasting that, I'm just preaching what God put on my heart, but they say, well, we got us a worship leader down yonder at the church house. Well, we got one here at Gospel Way too, but it ain't me, and no other man, no woman is qualified to be a worship leader there ain't but one worship leader and he is the Holy Ghost and you can't worship without him not at all and if you're going to worship you'll worship under his direction and under his guidance he's the only one qualified to give the green light to worship but we live in a day where we follow men to worship you better not follow no man to worship you better follow God you better follow the Holy Ghost. Yes, and I understand that God will use people. I thank God for that, that people that know the Holy Ghost and God will use them and God will work through them. But they're not the ones that are calling the shots. They're not the ones that are saying it's God working through them. It's God manifesting and telling us it's time to worship. The old writer had it right. They said, brethren... We've met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Oh, they, they can sing that in a lot of these modern day churches and a lot of them even Baptist churches, but they don't know what they're singing and they don't know what they're saying. Because the writer went on to say, will you pray with all your power? 
You say, well, we're praying for it, for the Holy Ghost to come, for the Holy Ghost to show up, for Him to... Man, oh, I know He's always with us. Thank God for that. That's His abiding presence. But there's a difference between the abiding presence and the manifested presence of God. And them hymn writers, that hymn writer especially, who was begging and yearning and longing for the manifested presence of God. Because they understood whoever it was. I don't know if it was a man or a woman that wrote the hymn, but they understood that if he didn't show up, nothing was going to happen. And until he does show up, nothing will happen. There cannot be any sinner saved without the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't care what any preacher, what any church, what any denomination says, but nobody can get saved apart from the working of the Holy Ghost. You can't read them enough verses. You can't tell them enough facts. You can't agree, get them to agree with enough stuff. You can't make them cry enough tears. You can't move them too many times to the altar. You can't do that. If, if he's not there, if he doesn't work, if he doesn't pull, if he doesn't draw, Christ here said he was going to do the work. And when it came to convincing people about their sin, I can't convince them and neither can you. It's going to take the work of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad I know that's right. Takes a lot of pressure. In this day, they think it puts a lot up. It's because they're ignorant of the Holy Ghost. And the reason they want to put it in man's hands, they feel like it takes the pressure off them. But I'm going to tell you what, if you put it in man's hand, it just puts more pressure on them. If you put it in God's hand, it takes all the pressure off. He just going to show up. It's all up to Him. Thank God I know that tonight. But He's been forsaken. He's been forgotten. Others have found some substitute, they claim. They know they're missing something, but they don't even know what they're missing. And that's why so many games and gimmicks and thrills and frills, that's why they got to have certain things and certain agendas just to keep people in church. It's not my job to keep people in church. It's not your job to keep people in church. That's the business of the Holy Ghost. If you're saved and indwelt by the same Spirit of God that I am, you will want to be in the house of God. And if you don't want to be in the house of God, I'd check up on what I have. I know there are going to be days we don't feel good. I know there are going to be days our flesh is weak. I know there are going to be days we might not even really feel like it. But way down deep on the inside, that's an every now and again thing. If you have to make yourself come out of the house of God every time the doors are open, something is wrong, there's a problem, and it's going to be that you have never been born again. If you are in, nobody has ever got born again that was not instantly indwelt by the Holy Ghost. That is right. Thank God. Hey, we don't have to, we don't have no, thank God we're not put in boot camp and have to qualify before we get the Holy Ghost. If that was right, we'd all be failures. And we are failures. I understand. That's why we gotta have Him. We don't have no power in ourselves. We can't live right within ourselves. We cannot please God within ourselves. We can't worship. We can't do anything within ourselves without the help of the Holy Ghost. But thank God it's instantaneous. The minute you got born again, you got indwelt by the Holy Ghost. Now I will say, and if the Lord will let us, I'd like to get there some point, whether it's tonight or another night, that there is such things being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's two different things. Being indwelt and being filled, two different things. You can be indwelt and not be filled. But you can't be filled and not be indwelt. Thank God. There's a whole lot of people claiming to be filled with something, but they ain't never been saved and they're not indwelt with the Holy Ghost. But you cannot be filled and not be indwelt. But there is such a thing as being filled with the Spirit of God. And it brings, and we... Preached about it Sunday morning. I guess I'm on that line. I thank God for it. I want you to hear me tonight. I'm not being mean. I'm not being arrogant. Not being any. Not saying anything about myself. But I heard an old preacher. It might have been handling me, but say that it's not my job to preach to build a crowd. Oh, I want the pews to be full. And it's good to see this good number on Wednesday night. And I'm not trying to run you off. I want you to come back. That's not my job to preach, to build a crowd. God's put it in my heart to build a church. And this kind of preaching will build a church. 
I'm not talking about busting out a wall and building a building. I'm talking about putting roots down deep and grounding a church in the truth. This is what's needful and necessary in these dark days. It will build a church. This is what our young people need to hear. We got a bunch of them here tonight. And they need to hear it about the Holy Ghost. They need to hear there's a power. Oh, we quote the verse, but we do the Holy Ghost in this justice because we stop the verse too short. Oh, we want to quote that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything we can ask or think, but we stop there. How about the verse? Don't stop there, thank God. It says, according to the power that worketh in us. What is that power? It's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how it operates. That's how the church goes forward. That's how we got steam in the engine. That's how we got fire in the furnace. It's because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And ignorance of Him has got some far-reaching consequences. And we're reaping it in our day. Ignorance of the Holy Ghost breeds deadness. Ignorance of the Holy Ghost breeds deadness. The Holy Ghost is the life of the believer. And if the Holy Ghost is the life of the believer and a church is just a collection of believers, then the Holy Ghost must be the life of the church. And if there's ignorance of the Holy Ghost, it will bring deadness in the church. You say, preacher, and I'm not just trying to preach or say what other men say. But I'm telling you, they some old timers that have been down the road farther than I've been. I'm glad I don't just have to take their word for it. I've not been as far out as they have, but I've been in some deep waters. From time, I know what it is. And they some in the building tonight, you know exactly. They some men and some women that I could scan the congregation tonight and know that you have been in deep waters. Oh, there have been times we've just been ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep, but thank God every now and again as Ezekiel saw, there been some waters over our head to swim in where we just had to throw it out, throw out the rat throw out the light boat throw out the light preserver and say it's all you God seek or, seek or swim live or die I'm going to jump in head first thank God for the power of God you say preacher you preach like you want to live a hundred years ago go to church a hundred years ago no I won't go farther than that uh, brother uh uh, Brother Larry Winkler said 100 years ago ain't far enough. 200 years ago ain't far enough. I want to go all the way back to Acts chapter 2 and I want to live in that church where the manifested power of God. I understand we can't get all our doctrine from Acts. I understand it's a transitional book. But there's one thing you can rest assured in. The church can't do anything. The believer can't do anything. There's no joy in the believer's life. There's no hope in the believer's life. There's no power in the believer's life. There's no hope or power in the church. Apart from the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen, yes, yes, yes. Somebody said if we could resurrect Spurgeon and get him to preach in the pulpits of America, it would help us. It wouldn't help us. Somebody said if we could find Billy Sunday and put him back in the pulpits and he was a preacher and preached hard against sin, but it wouldn't help us. Somebody said if we could resurrect Percy Ray and have him go around and set the tents up, that wouldn't help us. But if we could have an experience like the apostles had in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 and the power of God fall and we get beside ourselves and beyond us, that's what the church needs. We need to get beyond us. We have dwelt too long in us. We have confided too long in us. We have trusted too long in us. It ain't about us. It's about Him. And until you get beyond you and get your sight off of you and get it put on Him, nothing will ever be accomplished. I'm glad I know that. And I want you to hear what I'm saying tonight. Not one time, not one time tonight have I ever said it. The Holy Ghost is not it. Oh, we, we have that idea. We're, we're afraid to get too spiritual, you know. And, I, and I'm not talking about getting far out there and getting charismatic. I understand there were some things done in Acts that ain't done today. I understand that. And the reality is if you study the Word of God and rightly divide the Word of God, the majority of them were given for signs for unbelieving Jews. 
And as far as I know, there ain't none of them here tonight. And they didn't have the full Bible, we have it. We op- they operated in part because that which was perfect and complete had not yet come. But they had the power of God. And here in these days, we don't operate in part. We have that which is perfect and that which is complete. But apart from the power of God, it'll do nobody any good. You say you're preaching like the Bible can't get the job done. Oh no, the Bible can get the job done, but it's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to get it convinced in the heart of a man. The Bible never has had any problem getting the job done, but for it to penetrate the stony heart of an unbeliever, it'll take the power and the thrust of the Holy Ghost. It's like trying to plant seed in hard ground. It can't be done. But you can go to the farm store. I went with Brother Jeremy when I was in Kentucky and they got one of them seed drills. And you can try to put it in with your finger all you want to and it'll amount to nothing. But they can crank that diesel engine on that tractor and pull the PTO shaft on that drill and it'll push that seed down in the ground and it'll do what man can't do. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the seed. Nothing wrong with the seed. But we got some hard ground in this day. Thank God for the power and the thrust of the Holy Ghost and to put the seed in hard ground. I know what I'm preaching is right. And I know it's right on target. And I know it's what God wants. And I, I guess I'm, all, I'm trying to follow God. That's all I want to do. I said, Lord, I studied and I prayed and I got pages full of notes, but I ain't so interested in the notes tonight as I am who the notes are about. I'm just trying my best to follow God. I'm glad I know it's not just the it, not just something, but I'm glad every time in the Word of God, Christ said when He's come, when He has come, He's a person, a person of the Godhead, a person of the indwelled, the person of the believer. I'm going to have an intimate walk a hand in hand every now and again a relationship with a person but it's far greater than I am and we rejoice in that scripture that says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and I'm afraid we fell short of that understanding I'm not so sure, and there may be the application. Don't go home and crucify me, but I'm just preaching because the Lord is putting it on my heart. I'm not so sure the application is the inner man and the outer man, but I think there's one indwelling us, living inside of us. There's an adversary against us, and all the foes and the woes of hell are assailing the church tonight. The church was born in the storm. She's always been in the storm, always will be in the storm till we get out of here. But Christ said, I'm going to build my church and even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it you say how's that possible because there's somebody not something not an it there's somebody a person of the Godhead dwelling inside us and it is he that's greater than he that's in the world we're facing a powerful adversary and we don't have no might to face him Within ourselves, I don't have the power to face the devil within me, and neither do you. You better watch these folks said I gave that you didn't know no such thing. Ain't nobody, no human being ever gave the devil a black eye. That's nothing but a glory and a show in the flesh. They, they get up from their gals and say, Well, bless God, I gave the devil a black I'm glad I know somebody who's bigger than just giving him a black eye. He said there's coming a day he'll bruise your heel, but I'm glad there's coming a day he'll crush your head. He'll put you in subjection. He'll do away with him. I'm glad somebody in me is greater than anybody in the world. All the adversaries, all the foes of hell may assail, but thank God the person of God is dwelling in me in the Holy Ghost. He is a person. And so as a person, and I just thought tonight, you know, I'm not being mean or critical, but, and I don't know how the Lord works, and I can't put Him in a box, and neither can you, thank God. But all day today, I thought, Lord, there ain't no way I can preach all this. Little did I know, He knew everything that needed to be preached. So I'm probably just going to bypass a lot of what I thought I had to deal with. And I'm just going to follow God. 
I'm glad for the time of study. Yet it rejoiced my heart, helped my heart, stirred my heart, and it's a stirring even deeper tonight. But knowing that He's the one that's in control and He is getting glory being told about. He don't want any glory for Himself. He wants it for the Son. But I'm preaching to you tonight that because of Him, we can glorify the Son. Because of Him, we can worship the Son. Christ said He won't speak of Himself, but He will speak of me. In other words, and I never thought of this before until just now, thank God. In other words, Christ said, all He wants to do is talk about me. All He wants to do is shine the light on me. And so that thing, that trigger down on the inside of you, when it starts working in you, how good God's been, there's somebody in you wanting to tell it worse than you want to tell it because all He's come to do is to talk about Christ and to glorify Christ. Thank God I know who He is and He's inside me. That's why the, the Scriptures tell us not to quench Him. The word quench means to suppress. It means to stifle out. I think if I remember correctly in studying some of the language, it means to put the cork on the bottle. It means all that's a welling up inside you. And He just wants you to blow. That's all he wants. He's down inside you, and he's been commissioned. He has—I don't know if it's a registering to you tonight. Like it's—I'm not saying anything about me, but it's a ringing joy bells down inside me that he's been commissioned to tell about Christ. And the way he does it, thank God, is through us. He works. He indwells the believer, and every now and again, that pressure goes to building up. And y'all not to put the cork on it. Y'all just let it open and let it blow. That's what he came to do. And that's why the scriptures say, well, not to quench him. Let him have his way in you. You won't need to put, I'm not talking about putting on a show. We got a whole lot of people that put on a show in this day. I'm talking about let him. I remember when I first got saved, and I'm not saying I got victory over it all, but when I first got saved, the Holy Ghost get to well, and that's who it is. Thank God, the Holy Ghost get to well up inside me and say, "Tell him, tell him who he is. Tell him he never does, never ever ever does he say, tell him who I am. He never does say, tell him about me. He says, tell him about him. Tell him what he's done, and he'll go to well up in me. And I'd sit there and criticize and analyze. I think, now Lord, if I stand to my feet, what am I going to say? And I'd go to working it all out in my head. And before long, I'd done put the cord on the bottle. I'm not talking about get up and make a show or make a mess. But if you got that welling down inside you, I don't need to explain it. I don't need to go into detail. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And if it ever goes to well up, that pressure goes to build. You better just let her burst open. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't worry about what others think. Don't worry about how it sounds. You just let him speak through you. Don't quench him. But as a person, he also has feelings. And the Bible tells us to beware about grieving him. Grieve not the Spirit of God. Capital S, the Holy Spirit. We get, Lord help us. We get in these days, we get so cut out of line with each other about titles. We get to, we, we worry about saying the Holy Ghost because we're afraid they'll call us charismatic. And then we worry about calling him the Holy Spirit because they think we sound educated, but both them titles are in this book right here. And matter of fact, he's called the Holy Spirit more than he's called the Holy Ghost. We just got a bunch of mountain traditions we need to throw out that window right there and worship God. I'm not talking about junking the truth, but there's a bunch of traditions and we're no better in these mountains than the Pharisees were in Jesus' day. We'll almost preach the traditions of men for the commandments of God. And Christ said, you're hypocrites because you've done it. And there's a bunch of terms and titles we need to throw out the window and let the Holy Ghost work in us and we'll follow His leadership and worship. No matter what you call Him. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Eternal Spirit, the Comforter. All them titles are in there. And the list goes on and on and on. He's the Anointer. 
Thank God I know that. I ain't much tonight and I don't profess to be much. But I've been down the road long enough to know when I got it and I know when I ain't. And thank God tonight I feel it down inside me. I'm glad that it is the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God. Paul said I'm not preaching with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. And the only power preachers got is from the Holy Ghost. A preacher's power does not come from his title. A preacher's power does not come from his education. A preacher's power does not come from his position. A preacher's power don't come from anything but the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'll go one step further and I know y'all agree. It ain't even preaching unless it's in the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you've got to spit and slobber and holler as loud as I do. I've heard men never raise their voice and preach with as much power and unction as those that echo from the rafters and the rooftops, but it must have the power of God. I'm glad I know Him as the anointer. I'm glad I know Him as the, the comforter. I'm glad there have been some times. And the word comfort does not just mean to soothe you or make you feel good, but it literally means go home and look at it. It means to stand by one side and furnish strength when you're at your lowest point. When you get up in the morning and say, Lord, I can't put one foot in front of the other spiritually. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Some wells up inside you and picks you up on the inside. You feel like somebody's got a hold of you by the britches and picking you up and putting one foot in front of the other. You say, what's going on, preacher? You're getting comforted. And the comforter's doing his work inside of you. Yes, yes, preacher. I'm, glad he's the t- I'm just trying to run with it. I'm trying not to go too long, but I'm going to go as long as God says to. I'm going to know Him as a teacher. Jesus said He'll teach you all things. I'm glad He's never taught me outside the Word of God. Oh, there have been some days I didn't understand. There have been some times I didn't know what to do. There have been some times I said, Lord, I really am in a mess. And I really am in a fix. I don't know which way's up and which way's down. I don't know my right from my left. I don't know what step to take next. Oh, but I'm glad there's some ghost of working and a gurgling and a bubbling on the inside. And it, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, thank God, He tells me uh, uh, what uh, the Bible does say uh, uh, that He speaks. Uh, you can take that for however you want to take it. He may not speak with an audible voice, uh, but He spoke to my heart strong enough uh, that He couldn't have been any stronger if I'd have heard your voice in my ear. Uh, there have been times I said, God, I don't know uh, which way to go, and He's told me uh, uh, the right way to go. Uh, but thank God, Brother Tim, there have been times I've been so low and so down uh, uh, that my ears are so stopped up with a jerk. Uh, and the filth of the world I said God I don't know which way to go and a hand reached down and picked up this leg said this is the way to go and turned me in the right way you say what was he doing he was being the teacher there have been times I didn't even know what to pray for but thank God he's the intercessor he makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered I don't even know what to pray there are times I don't even know what to ask for but I'm glad there's somebody inside me he knows what to Say when I don't know what to say. He's the justifier. When the Lord looks down on us and sees the Holy Ghost in us, He knows that we're one of His. He's the sanctifier. He's the one that pulls us apart. From the word. That is what the Bible said. We can't even in our own, we get up all the time as preachers, and I'm going to preach against, or not against them, I'm going to preach on preachers just a minute, and I'm probably the only one in the building, but that's okay. We get up all the time and beat our people over the head about dying out to their flesh, but if they're ignorant of the Holy Ghost, it's real hard to die out to your flesh. Because the Bible said in the book of Romans, we do it through the power of the Spirit of God, we do cause, reckon our bodies to be dead. I'm glad He's the one that can. Separate us and sanctify us. I'm just glad for Him. I could go on and and on and on and on. But I feel like I've said about all that I need to say tonight. You understand what it means tonight for Him to be your indweller? If He indwells you, now Jesus said in the Scripture that He would come 
and dwell with us, and He does that in the person of the Holy Ghost. And so when He indwells you, that speaks of His constancy. He is always there. But don't just speak of His constancy, it speaks of His intimacy, that He wants a relationship with you. It doesn't have to be, now I understand we come to the house of God and it, it works in us, it aids us, it exhorts us, but we need no man to go to God. We have God in us. We have a personal, if we could ever, and I'm saying we, if we could ever get hold of the fact that we have a personal intercessor living in us. I'm not sure we could really contain it to know what we have in Him. And I'm going to say this and I'm done as far as I know. But Him indwelling you also speaks of His sovereignty that He owns the house. If He dwells in the house, the house belongs to Him. And so that's why we got to watch the way we walk and watch the way we talk, watch the way we act and conduct ourselves and treat others. We also got to watch our attitudes because the Holy Ghost is not just grieved by your actions, He can be grieved by your attitude. He don't want you thinking more of yourself than you ought to. He don't want you glorying in yourself. He won't even glory in His self. And He's the third person of the Godhead. But there is one He will glory in. And that's Christ. That's why Paul said, I will most gladly therefore rather glory in. He didn't say He was glorying of His infirmities. He was glorying in His infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest on me. He said, I'm just going to make much of Him. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I preach what I'm supposed to tonight. And I appreciate the workings of the Holy Ghost in our midst tonight in the house of God. I'm glad for what I... I know it ain't all about feelings, but boy, oh, am I glad for what I feel down inside tonight. I'm glad I know this thing's real. I'm glad it ain't just something that happens on Sunday and then fizzles out and loses its savor and then we have to come back in. I understand the flesh gets weak and we need some refueling and refiring, but I'm, we're not here to ramp up, ramp up God or refuel God. We're here to, to get the flesh out of the way so we can worship in the Spirit of God. I'm glad what I feel down inside that I felt it this way sometimes on Monday just like I have on Sunday or Wednesday. I'm glad there have been some days. See, if He indwells me, He goes with me everywhere I go. There have been some days riding down the road in a truck. But He has manifested Himself. And there wasn't nobody around, just me and Him. But that was enough. I didn't need nobody else. He just decided that day He was going to come out and make much of Christ and let me be in on the mix. I'm glad tonight for the Holy Ghost. I don't know a whole lot. I'm glad I know who He is. I'm glad I know enough to know it takes Him to get the job done. I'm glad I know enough to know that I can't make it without Him. That this church can't make it without Him. Your families can't make it without Him. My family can't make it without Him. We've got a little school over yonder on the side of the hill and the Lord's a-blessing it. And there are others here. we got one of the teachers and I'm not trying to Draw any attention to anybody, but she can tell you, just like I can, we've had our share of troubles. And the Lord's been trying to help us. And there have been some problems along the way, but I'm glad that there's somebody down in me that all we can stand. And I, I didn't know I was going to say all this, but I'm going to because the Lord told me to. We met, and I, I've been talked to like a dog by people that profess to be Christians and have their children in our school. And I wanted to get upset and I wanted to get aggravated and I did a little bit. But tonight he's reassured me there's somebody way down deep in there. When he bubble, all that stuff just goes away. Don't bother me a bit. I've been bothered this week by it, but it ain't a bother me tonight. Because I'm glad there's somebody bigger than me. And the Lord's going to take it. We got a little school over yonder on the hill. Got about 75 kids there. Lord willing, we'll have about, I don't know, 87 or 88 in the coming year. If nothing don't happen, I'm just trusting the Lord. Same Holy Ghost that's working on me is working in that building up yonder on the hill. 
The same Holy Ghost that brought me under conviction brought me to all the repentance. There's a bunch of little kids I'm watching looking out over the, over the crowd on Monday morning in devotion and talking to them about the power of God and watching their ears perk up and their eyes open up. And I don't know how much longer it's going to be, but I'm longing for the day when they come in and say, Mr. Buchanan, I want to tell you what happened to me on church at church on Sunday or Wednesday at revival. I'm just trusting the Holy Ghost that to get the job done. If He don't get it done, we're all in a mess. Yeah, That's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> now I want to say too. I thought I was done. I'm trying to quit. Here we are assembled on the side of the road in a little white storefront building. And I'm not glorying and I'm not making fun. You, you that's here, been here long enough to know that that's not what I'm saying. But here we are. Gather in a building we don't own. People driving up and down the road. And they never pay a second look to this place, that light, that sign out there on the pole and the light. They don't pay no attention to that. I want them to. I want them to turn around and come in. I'm going to tell you what. This is a good crowd on Wednesday night and I appreciate it, but it don't matter to me really about all that because... There's somebody greater than all them driving up and down the road. A tour bus could pull in and have 200 people, and we wouldn't have to be able. We'd have to open the windows, and open the doors. But if the one I'm preaching about tonight don't show up in our midst, it wouldn't matter how many they could compass around this building, look like Jericho. The children of Israel around Jericho would do us no good. But I'm glad I know somebody that whether there's five of us or 500, I'm glad I know who he is. He makes all the difference in the world. Having the church field won't save our young'uns. Having the church field won't send us revival. Having the church full of people won't help our people. Having the church full of people won't meet your needs. Uh, but there is somebody, and I'm preaching about him tonight. Uh, he'll make the difference in our young. If, if we don't have him, our young'uns won't get saved. If we don't have him, we'll not have revival. If we don't have him, nothing will be accomplished. But I'm glad if we do have him. If we let him have his way, if we major on him, he'll make all the difference in the world. Well, I'm done. I don't rightly know what to do. I think we ought to stand.